welcome to Reyim Ahuvim. This is Rabbi Yitz Greenfield, MS Marriage and Family Therapy. So happy you are joining me today on jrootradio.com. See, here's the way this goes. For those of you who are new listeners, here is what we do. We try to learn and to develop new skills and tools to renew and strengthen the connection that you have with your spouse. We do this not only from a social science perspective, but we use the Torah as our guide and source of navig. You know, I don't know when you're listening to me here, but if you're listening to me live Thursday, if you're listening to me Thursday morning at 11.05 p.m., then you know that today is a busy day. Busy day. Why? Because the nine days literally is starting tomorrow. Shkodesh is tomorrow. And we got to take care of a lot of things today. I mean, there's a lot of stuff to take care of. First of all, ladies who listen to me, laundry. Wow. Wow, is there a lot of laundry to do because the nine days we can't wash, right? Are there some exception for babies for this, for that? But that's it. Today's the last laundry day for nine days, right? And secondly, the other thing is you want to hop around, right? I mean, the last day of swimming, the last day of doing certain things you're not going to be able to do in the nine days. We want to hop around before the Avelis starts. And you know what's interesting as I'm saying this? Isn't this really the attitude of a lot of us? Oh, last day of swimming, last day of eating meat, uh, the last day, let's just do it before the nine days. And then, oh, nine days. Oh, okay, we have to be sad now. We have to be upset. Okay, I just change our mood. Is that the point? Like, seriously, is that the point of the nine days? Is the point of the nine days just to be sad? Is that what a Kodesh Baruch wants from us? Just, just be sad. Be sad. And if you're sad, and if you fast, and you don't do laundry, you don't swim, you don't take haircuts, and you don't act happy, that's it. So that's it. It's fine. It's what a Kodesh Baruch wants. Okay. This, ladies and gentlemen, is, I cannot tell you type of mistake. It, it, it's a horrible, horrible mistake that a lot of us fall into thinking that the nine days and the, or the three weeks and Tisha B'Av is just about being sad, fasting, not eating meat, not swimming, not having a good time, being sad, remembering the destruction of the base of the that's it, done. No, that's not what it is. So what is it? What is it? Okay. It, it, you really don't have to search much. Just take a look at the Mishnah Bura because the Mishnah Bura tells us what it is. Take a look at the Mishnah Bura, Tav Kuf Mem Tes. He discusses this, okay? I'm going to actually translate this to you. What does he say? The Mishnah Bura tells us that in Lamaisa we have to fast. You have to fast four times. The fast of the fourth, the fast of the fifth, the fast of the seventh, the fast of the tenth, right? All these, these, these fasts. And why is it? Because different reasons why we're fasting on every fast. The fast of the fifth is Tishabav. That's Tishabav. It's the fifth month. That's the fast. Okay, so that's Tishabav. Now, what's the point? All these days, B'nai Yisrael is fasting. Why? Because of the terrible things that happened to our great-great-grandparents. Okay, so therefore what? We're just supposed to be sad? Oh, I feel terrible. Okay, I don't know. It happened 2,000 years ago. What, what? Hello, what's the point? The Mishnah Baruch Chaim tells us, in order to arouse our hearts to open up the path for teshuva. That's it. It's not about being sad. It's really not about being sad. I'm not saying, obviously there are halachas that we have to follow. These are takanas from the Nevi'im that we have to fast, that we can't be happy. Of course we have to do that. But 
the people, and the Mishnah, it's not my words, the Mishnah says this outright. He says, the people, instead of fasting, they're going on walks, or they're just hanging out, they're doing whatever it is. They're losing the point. They're losing the essence. The essence is not to fast. The essence is not to be sad. You know, people get depressed. A lot of people, they get depressed before the nine days. Oh, the nine days is coming. Oh, terrible. It's like, we have to be sad. Hello? It's not a matter of becoming depressed. It's a matter of reflection, trying to understand why was the base Hamikdash destroyed and how we can rebuild the base Hamikdash. How, how can we do it? So what does Chazal tell us? Chazal tell us a very interesting thing. Chazal tells us, actually this is, I believe, a Yerushalmi. Yeah, it's Yerushalmi in Yuma. Hey, Amaral, that says that Every generation, every dar in which the base Hamikdash is not rebuilt is guilty of destroying it. Okay? So now, in the obvious question is that, I mean, a generation might not merit to bring about the building of the Mikdash, but why are they guilty of destroying it? The Chafetz Chaim, Shemir Salashin, Chelek Beis, Perek Zayin, I think it is, explains that every dar has the potential and ability to cause the rebuilding of the base Hamikdash. Every door, every door means meaning this generation, us, us right here, and every door before us had the ability, it's Chavetz Chaim, right? To, re, to cause the rebuilding of the, of the base of Mikdash. Now, how, how do we do that? How do we do that? So the Chavetz Chaim tells us, Mishnah Bura, they have to do tshuva. As a matter of fact, if you take a look at, uh, at Yaina, when it speaks about the people of Ninveh, what does it say? Then they were fasting and everything. But what does it say? And this is the mission. Look at the, again, look at the Tav Kuf Mem test. It tells you that what? What did Akadosh Baruch Hu saw? Akadosh Baruch Hu saw their maizim. Akadosh Baruch Hu saw their tshuva. Akadosh Baruch Hu saw what they did as far as coming back to Akadosh Baruch Hu. Not the fact that they fasted and put sackcloth. That's like, that, that's, that's what gets them possibly into the emotional state. Yes, tainus is to get us into an emotional state of tshuva, of feeling bad, of charata. This, this is a whole, you know, before we know we have Elul. But the point's not being sad. The point is teshuva. What's teshuva? Teshuva really is just coming back. What's teshuva? L'shuv. What's shuv? To come back to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. How do we do that? And how do we do this in the nine days? Well, there's many ways to do it, and we have to all think about what we're doing and get close to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. But there's, there's a pivotal point over here. And the pivotal point, Chazal tell us that what? What's the pivotal point? The pivotal point is, why was the last base Hamikdash destroyed? Why was it destroyed? What, for, for what reason? Why was the base Hamikdash destroyed? The first base Hamikdash was destroyed, okay? The, the second base Hamikdash, why was it destroyed? It was destroyed for one thing, Sinas Chinam. Now what is Sinas Chinam? Sinas Chinam basically is hating someone who is undeserved of your hate. Or, you know, when it's translated literally, it means free hate. <coughs> free hate. But technically it means unjustified hate. You hate the person for unjustified. And we're not supposed to hate people. We're just not supposed to hate. We're not supposed to judge. We're not supposed to hate, period, the end. I mean, there's certain, <coughs> okay, you're going to hate, you know, uh, a Malek who killed the Jews. But hating other Jewish people, hating other Jewish people, and acting upon that hate. Hate. Un- justified sinner. That's what, un- 
in order to be masakin that, in order to bring back the base hamikdash, what we need to do is something called ahavas chinam. That means unjustified love. Unjustified. You don't deserve it. You really don't deserve it. I'm being nice to you, but honestly, you don't deserve it. You don't deserve it. You're not a nice guy. You're annoying. You just, you, you know, you constantly criticize. You constantly attack. And I, I don't really have to be nice to you. I mean, fair is fair. Fair is fair. And I, I, could, I could stand on the double standard pedestal and say, too bad. I'm not interested. You're just an idiot. I'm sorry. I'm not interested. But you know what? I'm going to be nice to you anyways. I'm going to be nice to you anyways. And that's what Avas Chinam is. And that's going to bring back Beis HaMikdash. That's what Chazal tell us. And every generation that doesn't do it, it's as if we destroyed it. I saw a beautiful chat. sure who said this. Let's see if I can find the source for this. No, I think I can find the source. Um, so it's a Rebbe in Arsameach. I think Rabbi, Rabbi Weinbach actually said this. He said, you know, we can't think of it like, oh, does that mean all the generations before us who didn't build the base of Mikdash? It means they're all like, they all destroyed the base of Mikdash. No, he says beautiful. He says, every time we cry for the Beis HaMikdash, every time we do something for the, for the Beis HaMikdash, the Beis HaMikdash is being rebuilt. It's being rebuilt in Shemayim. The third Beis HaMikdash is not going to be, we're not building it. We're not building it. It's coming down. We're not building the third Beis HaMikdash. We're building it right now with our Maisim, with our Tyra. That, that's how we're building it. But especially, especially, especially with our ahavas chinam, with our unjustified love. So Rabbi Greenfield, you're talking about avas chinam. Avas chinam, does that mean with my friends I have to find people to do avas chinam from? No, 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 no. Chesed starts in your home. You don't have to search much. You don't have to go places. You don't have to, all these people at tzaddikim, you know, I'm not saying chas v'sham. A lot of them are tzaddikim. But they, they search, they run to do chasadim, and they're helping this one, and they're helping that one, and they're collecting money for Achnos' kala, and they're collecting money for this and for that. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful things. But hello, hello, how about your own house? How about your own house? Like, seriously, what's going on in your house? Are you having shalom in your house? Are you, are you instilling chesed in your own home before you run and do chasadim for everybody else. I'm not saying you shouldn't do it for everybody else. But what I am saying is, how about your home? How about, like, in your home when you don't get the recognition, you don't necessarily get the thank you, you're not put on a pedestal, you don't get your name engraved, you don't have every, even if you're not into that. People say, oh, wow, you know, this guy collected, this guy, whatever. Or this woman got involved in, in, in chesed, she goes, bikrocholim, big mitzvah, bikrocholim. Of course it's a big mitzvah. But you know what? How about your own home? How about your own home? Ahavas chinam starts in our home. Like, hello, think about it. What is our home? Our home could literally be a mikdash ma'at. It could be a small base of mikdash. We could bring the shechina into our house. It's like a base of mikdash. It's, it's our version, right? Small version of a base of mikdash. What does base of mikdash mean? What is it? House? Mikdash, right? Kodesh. It's a holiness. Kedusha. What's kedusha? Kedusha comes in your home every time you do an act of ahavas chinam. That's what you do. I want to talk about this today because we talk a lot, a lot about doing things, but I want to focus today because the nine days, some of you are listening to this on Monday night and it's already, the nine days already started. So here you are, an opportunity to rebuild the base on Mikdash, to do tshuva, and remember, all the fasting and the no laundry and the no swimming and the no meat and the no weddings, all that is supposed to get us into that mode, that mood 
of tshuva and specifically avas chinam. Avas chinam is very, very, very important here. Okay, so what, what, what are we talking about? We're talking about acts of avas chinam. I'm going to give you Be'ez Hashem, B'Shem Hashem Naseh, Naseh V'Natzliach. Be'ez Hashem, we're going to give you examples, real live examples of avas chinam that you could do in your house, husbands to wives, wives to husbands. And then I want to speak honestly about a little bit of achinach also and how we can instill avas chinam. Yeah, avas chinam with our children. It's a very, 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 very important thing. Okay. So, like this. I want to talk to you about, you know, when I, Baruch Hashem, I thank Kodesh Baruch Hu, really, I thank Kodesh Baruch Hu for allowing me to work with all these couples. I thank Kodesh Baruch Hu for, for giving me siyat dishmai. I'm just a shliach. I'm just a shliach. I thank Kodesh Baruch Hu for everything. I thank Kodesh Baruch Hu for allowing me to put a system together as far as helping and guiding people to have an effective marriage. And it's all, again, you know, I, like I say, I stand on the shoulders of giants. But, but what I was, I was zochet to come up with a certain, you know, a, a certain structure when it comes to marriage. It's the marriage, all the marriages I've seen and worked with. And as that's like this, in order to have a successful marriage, there are three pivotal points, pivotal points. Obviously, we're not going to be able to go through all of it right now. That's a workshop, but uh, it's the basic things. Number one, and that is I. I used to call this P. I, and I, I have to tell you, I really, I changed this recently from P prevention to I investment because I think it's so much, much more of an effective word and more powerful. And that's investing in your marriage. If you invest in your marriage, you fill up your wife's cup and you just, you know, give her the attention, the appreciation, the affection, that could prevent so many problems. Now, ladies, that is, I hate to say this, but I also stands for you. Meaning if you, if you, I like to say, plug in the cord, plug in the cord of, of your, for your husband to allow him to give you what you need. And there are a lot of ways of doing that in investing in your husband as well. It, it makes a very, very big difference to men also when they're appreciated. This is not a one-way street. It's not a one-way street. It works both ways. Of course, you know, there's a perspective. The role of the man is the no-saying. The role of the woman is the macabre. We, we understand that. I'm not 100%. But what? You know, sometimes it's harder to be a macabre than it is to be a nosin. Yeah, you hear me? It's harder to be a macabre than it is to nosin. I want to talk, actually, I want to talk about it soon. We'll talk about quality time. And I find that many, many times it's harder to receive than it is to give. It's, you know, when you get, I think you could relate to this in simple terms when someone gives you a gift, right? Someone gives you a gift, says, oh, here, this is for you. Like, no, no, it's okay. I don't want this. No, thank you. Thank you. No, I don't, I don't really want this. No, why are you giving me this gift? I don't want that. It's hard to take. It's hard to take. Come to someone's house. Here, have something. Here, do you want to eat something to eat? We had someone in our house the other day. And uh, it was after a fast. And my wife wanted to, you know, to feed the person. It was after the fast. The person just ended up in our house. And my wife's like, you're here already. Why don't you eat? You know? And the person felt a little bit uncomfortable. We're like, no, go ahead, eat. Eat. Because it's hard to take. It's hard to take. And then at the end, both... You know, both parties enjoyed. Both parties enjoyed. Who enjoyed more? Obviously, the person who gives enjoys more as opposed to the person who receives. If it's done right, the giver enjoys. Like, wow, I give. Who, who, who enjoys more, the person who gets the present or the person who gives the present? Well, I'll tell you, if the person who gives the present is doing it in, with the right intentions, he's going to get much more of a geschmack, much more of like a, a better feeling by giving than, than by receiving. So we're saying now 
that it really does work both ways. An investment, which is the first part of marriage, investment, the I, that works both ways. It works both ways. But I want to tell you something. A lot of investment in marriages involves ahavaschinam. You hear what I'm saying? It's a very important piece. A lot of the investment that you have in your marriage involves ahavaschinam. What am I talking about? I'll give you a couple examples here, okay? We'll make it real. We'll make it real. When I tell husbands, you know, wake up in the morning, or my grandpa speaks about this a lot as well, you, that what? You wake up in the morning, the first thing in the morning, you ask your wife, how did you sleep, right? So you could think, you know, why do I have to do that? <laughs> like, seriously, why do I have to do that? I had a horrible night's sleep. I had a hor- And she knows that I had a horrible night's sleep because she knows that I woke up. She knows that I was cold or I was hot and I was, or I was hungry and I was nervous and this and that. So I have to tell my wife how she slept. Like, I have to ask her. She knows that. Ha- she should really ask me now. Like, seriously. Seriously. Regretfully. Like, come on. Come on. Cut it out. Seriously. Today, I think she should ask me, not me, her. Sorry. Sorry. This is Pshad and Ahavaz Chinam. Ahavaz Chinam means it's not fair. It's not fair, but I'm going to do it anyways. It's unjustified, but I'm going to go Lafnim Mishur Sadin, and I'm going to do it for my wife anyways. Now, what am I, why am I going to do it? I'm either going to do it because... I want to build the base of Mikdash. I'm doing it for Kaddish Baruch Or I'm doing it because I really care about my wife. Or I'm doing it because I just want to have a better marriage. You know what? It's okay. I don't, it doesn't make a difference to me, honestly. does not make a difference to me or to you. Who, me? You! Why you do it? The point of the matter is you're doing it. And even if it's not fair and you had a horrible night and you couldn't sleep the whole night and now you have to wake up and ask your wife how she, how she slept, yeah, yeah, you're doing it anyways. Because that's called Avas and you want to rebuild the base of Mikdash. Oh, interesting. Yeah, it is interesting, but that's, that's what works. Here's another one for you. Here's another for you, right? I talk about, talk about calling. Is it part of investment, right? Calling my wife during the day. Call your wife. Text your wife during the day. Tell her you're thinking about her. Tell her you're thinking about her. And you know what? Sometimes that's very hard. It's very, very hard. I'm in work. I'm, I'm, I'm under pressure. I have bills that came to my table. And I have to stop my whole life and text my wife and say to her, hope you're having a good day. Like, excuse me. This is summertime. She's enjoy- I'm working. She's not working right now. <clears throat> Kids are all in camp, you might think. I don't know what she's doing. I don't know what she's doing. So I have to stop my day for her? Like, that's not fair. I have to stop my day and text her, how is your day? Or say, hope you have a good day, thinking about you? What's, why? Why do I have to do that? It's not fair. I'm sorry, I'm not. I'm just not. I'm just not. Oh, you're just not? You're just not? So why don't you just say, I'm just not building the basement? I'm not interested. I'm not interested. So what are you are interested in? What? In what? Being all machmir about the nine days and putting on a million shirts at one time that's the important stuff. The fasting, the not eating meat, arranging siyum so you could eat meat. Listen, I'm not chas I'm trying to knock. What I am saying is that a lot of us are missing the point. Like The point here, the point of the nine days, the point of the nine days is to work on our midos, tshuva. Tshuva involves a lot of things, but especially, especially working on our midos, especially avaschinam. Now I'm giving you an example right here, a real example, how I tell husbands, Call your wife during the day. Hi, how are you? Hope you're having a good day. Text her. Hope you're having a good day. Okay, and not to like give excuses. Sometimes we don't do it. Okay, fine. But you know what? It makes a very big difference. 
It made me do that. I just met a couple the other day. It was like, yeah, they're telling me, oh, they just started doing it. <clears throat> like, wow. Actually, it was, yeah, it made a big difference for me. And it makes a very, very big difference. It makes a difference for the Kodesh You connect it to Hashem. Here's another one. Feeling overwhelmed. Okay. Offer to help. Here's another one. Offering to help my wife. <laughs> you know how hard I work all day? You know how hard? I'm schlepping boxes, the person might say. Oh, I'm under stress. I'm sweating. I have to pay bills and I have to come home. And now she wants my help. Like, seriously. Like, seriously. I don't think so. She's the mother. She has a role. She has to take care of the kids. This, is, this conversation here, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, is not about roles. It's not about roles. I understand, you know, different roles. Torah has different roles. You know, today, you know, in certain cases, in many cases, the lines get crossed. Lines get crossed. You can speak to your Rav. You can speak to your Godly. You can speak to your Chacham. They'll tell you. They'll tell you. A lot of the lines are crossed. But still, but still, there are certain roles. But you know what? Even if you're right, even if you'll say, you know what? Why do I have to help her? With, she wants me to help her with, with, with whatever. With, uh, she wants me to... Help clean the living room. Like, is that my job to clean the living room? Maybe you should clean the living room. I have to clean living rooms? What am I? I'm going to work all day now. I'm going to clean living rooms also? You know what? Avas chinam. Avas chinam. Do it anyways. Do it anyways. I'll do it anyways. Do it for Kaddish Baruch Hu. Put another brick on the base of Mikdash. That's what you're doing. Avas chinam. See, a lot of this stuff, buy, I say buy something for your wife on Arab Shabbos. Well, what if I don't have money? You know what? You have money for other things? Find money. Don't, don't. You don't have to buy the most fanciest bouquet of flowers. There are so many people who sell flowers on the street. You just go and you could buy a bouquet of flowers. One of these like, you know, small and cheap ones. You can't afford that. It's very, very tight. Some people are very, very tight. Okay, okay, fine. Maybe get her, uh, you know, a small chocolate that she likes. Or, uh, you know, she likes a certain type of fruit. The thought, it makes a difference. It doesn't make a difference to you. Makes it, but I don't have money, you know. This is the Eitzahara, which is trying to pull us down, which is trying to prevent us from building the Beis HaMikdash, which is trying to convince us that the most important thing is not to do laundry. Of course, not to doing laundry is a halacha. We can't, we have, we can't do laundry. Exceptional cases for babies, whatever. There's not halacha here. I'm not getting into it. You speak to your up. But the point of the matter is, it's not the, that's not the main theme over here. The theme of building the Beis HaMikdash is our acts, is our behavior, is our midos, is avas chinam. And not to... We're, you know, not, and not to be so much, so much. Today, you know, today, a lot of us, I know, you put a lot of clothing on before the nine days, right? Because this way you could wear, because you're not supposed to wear uh, freshly laundered uh, clothing, right? So you, you wear, a lot of people wear, a lot of them put on, you know, in camps they do this, they'll put on a lot of shirts, they'll put on a lot of pair, pair of pants, you know, just in order for what? So it comes nine days, nothing is fresh, everything was worn, Okay. But whatever acts you do today when you do that, and you might be listening to this Monday night, now is the time to think, why? Why are we doing all these things? Why do we have to be sad? What's the point? The point is not being sad. The point is to take a couple of step backs. Remember that Beis HaMikdash was destroyed. Take it seriously. Introspect. Think, why was the Beis HaMikdash destroyed? And you know what? Say, I'm going to fix it. I, I'm going to do something. That I, something myself. I'm going to start myself. And how? By Ahavas Chinam. In my house. With my wife. With my husband. Ladies, I know I was talking about husbands all the time. Please, I'm talking to you too. I'm sorry, but I am talking to you too. I am talking to you too. There are so many things you could do for your husbands to, to allow them, to give them the kochos to give you. Yeah, that's what I mean. To give, give them the kochos to give you, I'll give you a couple examples. Your husband speaks, right? In the Shabbos table, or Islam is talking. 
And we're just so busy. I know, ladies, so busy. You have, Baruch Hashem, you have, a lot of us have kids, a lot of kids, and there's so much going on, and woman's job never ends. Yeah, I know, woman's job never ends. But your husband wants to talk to you a little bit. Or wants to, he, wants to, he wants to say something to listen, to validate, and to empathize, and to empathize. Now, of course, I'm talking to, this is, you know, this is like number one when I'm talking about quality time, I say to the men all the time, like, of course, listen, validate, and empathize. Those three things, listen, validate, and empathize. But I find a lot of times women also, men complain, like, I can't talk to my wife. She's so busy. Ladies, husband comes home, make some time. It's important. He wants it. Some of your husbands want to talk. Not all of your husbands. Some of your husbands, you might say, I wish they want to talk. But if your husband's the type of, of, of man that wants to talk, and you have to stop everything, and, and you know, and this one wants that one. Maishi, Nechama, one second, I'm talking to Tati right now. One second, I'm talking to Tati right now. I'm talking to Abba right now. You stop and you listen to Abba. These are important things. But, but, but why do I have to do that, Rabbi? Why should I do that? Why? I, I'm the mother. I'm supposed to take care of the kids. And they're making me crazy. You know what? It's not about being fair. It's not about, it, it's not about being right. It's about doing right. That's what I block. It's about it's unjustified, but I'm going to do it anyways. This, by the way, is true for the whole year, not only for nine days. But I'm saying it now in nine days because nine days is, is a time where we can strengthen all these muscles. We can strengthen all these muscles. Um, if your husband, you know, men like feeling smart. Now, some of you men who are listening to me are like, that's not so important to me. I'm telling you, I'm telling you. You know, when, if you see guys, two guys learning Torah, Sitting down, everybody's like, no, no, you don't have taste it. Let me explain you. No, no, no. Not that we're trying to outdo each other, but you want a feeling, this feeling of accomplishment, feeling of achievement. That's what Kosh Bohu wired the man. If your husband tells you a chiddish, he tells you an interesting thing, he says to you, oh, you know, I just want to tell you, I, 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 I was, I, 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 he's telling you about some, something he bought and he got a good metziah and how he figured it out. You know what? Don't look at him and say, big deal. So, like, so what? So what? <laughs> By the way, I know some of you are listening to me and thinking, do, do, do women actually do that to their husbands? I'm telling you, they are. They are. There are women who are like, so what? Big deal. So you came up with this idea. So what? What's the big deal? Right? No, it's a big deal. It's a big deal for him. Make it a big deal for you. Find out things that your husband accomplishes and say, say to your husband, you know, I'm really impressed by you. You don't know what it is for a man. Ladies, you don't know what it is for a man to tell, tell him, you know, I was really impressed when I know we're going on vacation at the end of the summer and you figured out like the whole whole thing and you got it really cheap, I was really impressed with you. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, 95% of men, of men, you're earning yourself a lot of brownie points. You don't understand. It, 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 and again, not brownie points. It, what it is is enabling him to give you. You know, and these things are important. You think food, things like food. Food, of course food is important. Of course preparing food for your husband, food that he likes, uh, is important. Serving many of your husbands, serving them is important. What am I, a slave? No, you're not a slave. You're his queen and he's your king. I agree. You're his queen and he's your king. I understand that. I understand that. And you know what? Maybe it's not fair. Maybe he should just serve himself tonight. Or maybe he should just, you know, you had a crazy day. You were working also. He thinks he's only working. You're also working. And you feel like it's not fair, you know? It's a double standard. I work and I have to take care of the kids and now I have to serve him. Well, you know what? If it's important for him, avas chinam, avas chinam, avas chinam. It's just, you know, it's unjustified, but you do it anyways. You're building the base on Mikdash. Your husband comes home, right? So, 
you're busy. There's a million things going on. A million things going on. Your kids and the doctor and, and, and this kid has a cavity and then and you have a baby who's crying upstairs. Stop everything. Go to your husband and greet him. Go to your husband and greet him. Say, I'm so happy to see you. And if you're having a hard day, just say to your husband, I'm having a really hard day, but I'm happy to see you. You don't know what it does. I had, there was a couple, and actually, I didn't even hear this firsthand. I heard it from someone who told me that they, that they heard you know, one of the shows on the radio. And uh, this lady decided she's going to start greeting her husband. She never really was into that. And she said, I'm going to start greeting my husband on a daily basis. And she greeted her husband. And you don't know what difference it made in their marriage. Even on days when she was upset, she was stressed. She stopped, she says, I'm having a crazy day, but it's ha I'm happy to see you. And that made such a big difference to her husband. It makes, it makes a very big difference to her husband. Um, you know, I, I, I talk about calling, you know, calling your husbands during the day and, and telling him that you're thinking about him. That comes, most of the time, that comes so naturally for a woman. It comes very naturally for a woman. And you know what? Honestly, <laughs> honestly, for some of your husbands, it might not be so important. I'll be honest with you. Some of your husbands might not be so important to call them during the day and you're thinking about them. But why? Because, because they're really so busy. Does that mean they're not interested in you? No, it doesn't mean that they're not interested in you. And this is, by the way, a very, very big important thing right now. I, I want to discuss this for a second. Like this. As as follows, ladies and gentlemen. Make, let's make, make this very clear. Your husband, ladies, your husband enjoys spending time with you. He, I'm telling you he does. Despite the fact that it, he's not doing it, despite the fact that uh, you feel like you have to beg him to spend time, despite the fact that when you're spending time, you feel he's on the phone and texting and stuff like that, I'm telling you he enjoys spending time with you. I'm telling you he does. He has a Yetzirah. The Yetzirah is called focus. He has this thing where he just gets focused and involved in whatever he's doing, and it's very hard for him to switch Ladies, most of you don't have that problem. Akadosh Baruch Hu gives you this, this multitasking gene that you can do this, that, and the other thing all at the same time. It's fine for you. You don't have to focus, and you could switch. You could switch. Now it's this. Now I'm doing something else. You could switch. And you know, Erev Shabbos, I always say this, Erev Shabbos, when you light the candles, you have this ability where it could be a crazy, crazy situation, the house and the showers and the cleaning and the child and the you have to light can You go and you light candles, and then you could completely transform and connect to Kaddish Baruch Hu. And while you're and when you're saying the tefillah by lighting the candles and erev Shabbos, ladies, you know that you could just pour your heart out to Kaddish Baruch Hu and completely to connect. And sometimes you find yourself crying to Hashem. It's easy for you to do. It's not easy for your husband to do this. It's not easy. Your husband needs a minion. Your husband needs the yam. Okay, he needs the He needs the He needs. He's a man. He's different. He's different. Once he transforms himself that's when he's in it. That's when he's in it. And it's not that he doesn't want to spend time with you. It, what it is, is that to get to that place is very difficult. It's the Eitzahara. It's simply the Eitzahara. To get to that place is very difficult. But once he does it, I speak to men all the time, once he does it, he enjoys spending time with you. He enjoys it. He enjoys it and he likes the same way he enjoyed it originally. When you first dated him, or when you first had that first Bashaw, but the difference is that then he wasn't busy. That's the difference. Then he didn't have five billion things on his head. Now he has a million and a half things on his head, plus the bills, plus the pressure, plus the kid who wants uh, a smartphone. <laughs> he had a million and a half things, right? So now it's hard for him to transition. But don't chas v'shalom, ladies. Don't think, oh, he doesn't interest me. He's interested. He's interested. And I'm telling you, these things that I'm telling you right now, 
by the way, why am I saying this, by the way, talking about this quality time right now? Because sometimes you feel like, why should I spend time with my husband if he's really not interested in spending time with me? He's not interested, so why should I spend time with someone who's not interested? I'm telling you now, I'm explaining you, Pshat. But you know what? You don't want to accept it from me? No problem. Do it anyways. Do it anyways. Why should you do it anyways? For a Havas Chinam. This is what Havas Chinam is doing anyways. And you'll see it'll all work out. I'm telling you, it'll all work itself out like a charm. It's going to work itself out like a charm. Okay. Let's move on. Let's move on. Oh, here's, here's a cute one, by the way. I, know what, I do want to mention this because I think it's such a cute little thing, but I find this true in many, many homes where, you know, either the husband or the wife is a shtickle, um, for lack of a better term, schlumper. What does that mean, a schlumper? I mean, a schlumper is like, you know, just very disorganized, very not put together. His, his things is all over the place or her things are all over the place. And then your spouse, <laughs> the word spouse, either your husband or your wife, says, do you know where my keys are? They have to, where are my keys? And it's like, seriously? Like, are you serious now? Like, like the, your keys? How many times I tell you, just hang it up over there. There's a place, place for the keys. Why do you, if you would put them in the right place, you wouldn't have to look for it. Either husband or, or, or wife, right? I can't find my wallet. I can't, again, you can't find your wallet. Again, you can't find whatever, like seriously. So marriage is about knowing that your husband or your wife is not you. It's not you. So you can't expect what you expect in yourself to expect in them. You know, the Rama says, says the what? We have to respect our wife more than we respect ourselves. Because if we would respect them like ourselves, if we respect them like ourselves, then we would be, we would have tightness. No, no, you can't have tightness because you're not me and I'm not you. So you're, that's the way HaKadosh Baruch Hu created you. Okay, fine. You know what Avas Chinam is? Avas Chinam. Okay, let me help you look for the keys anyways. Even though I don't want to look for your keys, I don't think it's right. I think I tell you a million times to look for your own stuff, to, to, to take care of your own stuff and put it in organized or whatever. But you know what? I'm going to do it anyways. I'm going to do it anyways. This is Avas Chinam. You see how this is all in your house? You really don't have to look. You don't have to look. You don't have to go places. This is all available for the picking in your house, okay? Appreciation is very important. Akarzatov is so, 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 so important. It's so important. I, it, it, I heard a beautiful, I heard a beautiful, beautiful vart. I, I want to share, you know, every time I, I, I say varts, I, I know that Baruch Hashem, we have, a, we have a wonderful audience. All sorts of people in our audience. All sorts. We have, we have Hasidish, Litvish, Svadish. But when it comes to levels of Yiddishkeit, you know, we have, we have different levels. There are different levels of Yiddishkeit as well. Somebody's bringing here. But what, what I'm saying to you now is like this. What I'm saying to you, ladies and gentlemen, is that it's a beautiful, listen to this beautiful part. When the Torah describes Paroi, now, I want, I want, you know, you're listening to me right now. Do you realize who Paroi was? Paroi was, was not just bad. He, he wasn't just wicked. He was insanely wicked. He was not normal wicked. Paro was not normal. Can you imagine? Not only he killed babies, he used to bathe in their blood. The guy was sick. He's <laughs> not normal. Being in, in babies' bloods. Like even the worst of the worst today. Think about the worst, the people, terrorists, whatever. They kill people, whatever it is. You ever hear stories of a person bathing in, in a person's blood? Paro was, was the worst of the worst. Where's the worst? What does the Torah say about him? The Torah says, Right? What's Melechadash? He didn't he didn't remember who Yosef was. The Torah could, could, could have written, right? The Torah could have written. So many things about Melech Hadash. The Torah could have said, not Yaakov Melech Hadash, 
and, and terrible, terrible things. And who did this, that, and the other thing? But you know what the Torah speaks about? It talks about he didn't have a curse at all. He, Paro didn't have a curse at all for Yosef. Right? Hello, do you realize how important a curse at all is in your, in your marriage? In your marriage. And you might feel, why should I appreciate my husband? Well, he goes out to work. First of all, Rebbe Greenfield, I'm telling you, I know what he does in his work. You think he works so hard. He's in an office. And, and, you know, he's sitting there, I'm telling you, half the time he's on his computer. I don't know, I don't know what he does. I don't want to know what he does, but I will tell you one thing. He doesn't work hard. My husband doesn't work hard. He doesn't work hard. I have to appreciate him. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to. I'm telling you what, what works in your marriage, number one. And I'm telling you, number two, what's going to build the base of Migdash. This is nine days. This is nine days. This is, this is not doing laundry. What's the point? To thank your husband. And to say to him anyways, thank you. Now, of course, gentlemen, to thank your wife also. And not to say, well, it's her job anyways. Why do I have to thank her for doing the laundry? Why do I have to thank her for cleaning the dishes? Why do I have to thank her for, for taking care of the kids? Why do I have to thank her for anything? This is her job. This is my job. And let's just get over with it. No, don't get over with it. Instead, you're going to battle yourself and you're going to plug into the world of Avas Chinam and add another brick to the base of Mikdash. That's what you're going to do. Or you're not. You decide. But that's the point. That's the point. But ladies, with you, though, ladies, it's not just saying thank you. <laughs> and you think that way, Rabbi, just tell me the whole thing about thank you. What do you mean? Let me tell you what I mean. Thank you is something you say when someone opens a door for you. Thank you, you say to the teller at the bank. Thank you, you say when you're speaking to customer service in Con Edison, you say to him, thank you. To your husband, you don't say thank you. To your husband, I'm going to tell you what works and, and what the matnas chinam is. Is, is what? Thank you with your husband is saying to him, that made a very big difference in my life. That made me very happy. When you learn with the kids, it made me very happy. When you go out to work every day, it makes me very happy. When you wake up early and you go to your daf yaimi, that makes me very proud of you. It makes me very happy. That's what the man needs to hear because he's an achievement-based person. Not just thank you. It made a very big difference in my life. And that speaks tons to your husband. It speaks tons. And again, you're listening to me and you're saying, he doesn't do that to me. What do I have to do to him? He doesn't do it to me. Hello, what are we talking about? Unjustified. Unjustified love. I'll do it anyways. Bring it back to Beis Amidash. Thanking him for medial tasks. By the way, especially true in front of the kids. It's very important. <laughs> you know, children today are exposed to a lot of of machlokas. You hear me? Children today are exposed to, exposed to a lot of machlokas. It's toxic. It's dangerous. It hinders their development. It's not good for them, ladies and gentlemen, when they're exposed to machlokas. Instead, work on exposing them to avas chinam. Have them hear how you go to your husband. You say to him, you know, by the way, I'm going to tell you, uh, this morning, I noticed you really cleaned up the whole the table, and you, even though you were so busy, you cleaned off the table, and I and I and I, re I really appreciate it. it. Made me very happy. Instead of thinking to yourself, of course he has to do that. Like hello, <laughs> why is he more responsible for cleaning up after himself than I am for myself? Like I don't understand because he's my husband. Oh, am I the shmata over here? Fight those feelings. Fight the feelings. Fight those feelings. Plug into the world of Chinam. I'm telling you, your children are going to benefit. Your children are going to benefit. I'm, I'm talking to the women now, but it, it, of course it applies to the men also. Gentlemen, for you also to come home to appreciate. In front of your children, you know what I'm saying? In front of your children. There's nothing to be embarrassed of to, to show hakaras hatov in front of your children. People call me and I say, 
oh, is a problem showing love in front of my children. One thing for sure, I'm not going to get into that right now, but I'll tell you one thing for sure. Showing a kars a tov in front of your children is not just like a acceptable, it's important, it's pivotal, it's critical for children to see how mommy appreciates tati and tati appreciates mommy. You hear? It, it's very, very, very important. Your husband says a dvar Torah on the Shabbos table. Say them, wow, that was a beautiful dvar Torah. You know how many people, you know how many men say dvar Torah and it's like their wife is just like, oh, I don't know. It's like, whatever, they're in the world. What do you mean? It's his job. He says dvar Torah. I don't have to say anything. You're right. Maybe you're right. But who cares? Anyways, come to say, wow, that's a very nice dvar Torah. I want to tell you, that was brilliant what you said. I especially like the part when you said A, B, C, D, F, G. That makes him feel like, oh, you were listening to the details. It's those details that are important. It's those details that's important. Husbands to wives, men, you want to appreciate your wife? You can also say to them, I especially appreciate that when you serve me dinner, I, re- I, I especially appreciate that you actually gave me three napkins because you know that when I wipe my hands, it takes me three napkins, not two. I, pre- I especially appreciate that. And let the kids hear that. You hear? Let the children hear that. That's important. All these things are very, very important. And this are actions of Ahavas Chinam that could rebuild the base Hamikdash. Now, I want to tell you something else. Because, you know, this show right now, <laughs> we don't have much time, 11.46, which is going to be aired, aired also on Monday night, 10 p.m., we, talk about, we talk, talked about all the investment pieces of the marriage, the eyes, the investment, which is very important. And I, I feel like this is like, a, like an opportunity I have right now because the next show is going to be Thursday. I don't even know how many days we're going to have left for Tisha B'Av, I believe, Sanitka, right? So and now we have like the whole week, Tisha B'Av, the nine days, that what? We can work on these. So here's another thing to work on. And that's the next part of marriage, and that's prevention. And, and prevention really, 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 really involves being mavata. It involves being mavata. Letting go on a daily basis. Daily basis. You hear me? Daily basis. Will you mavater today? That's the question. Will you mavater today? And if you were mavater today, Chas you failed. It starts again tomorrow. Because who gives us a present, you know? The fact that we go to sleep, sometimes it's like annoying. I have to get so much sleep, and I have to go to sleep, and if I don't sleep, I don't function well. It's the biggest gift that Hashem gives us. Hashem's giving us a new opportunity. Every day, Hashem's saying, you know what? I'll give you another chance. I'll give you another chance. Do we do that with our husbands? Do we do that with our wives? Do you give your husband another chance? Your wife another chance? Hashem gives another chance every day. So we want to give our husbands another chance. We want to give our wives another chance. And you know how we do that? We do that by being mevater. And when your husband annoys you, and when your wife annoys you, and when they do something that just, just, just gets under your skin, you told them a million times not to do that, and they do it anyways, again and again, whether it's the cleanliness, whether it's the air conditioner, whether it's learning with the kids, whether it's being tough with the kids. That's another one, by the way, very big one here. Very big one, being tough with the kids. And I want to talk about that soon. But whatever it is, whatever it is, letting it go. Why do I have to let it go, Rabbi Greenfield? Why? I tell them a million times not to do it. Or I tell them a million times... That I, this drives me crazy. Why? Why do you want to be a mavater? Why? It's not fair. Exactly. It's not fair. It's not me. It's Chazal. This is what Chazal is telling us. Want to, want to rebuild the base of Mikdash? What are we doing? Fasting? What are we doing? We're, we're, we're not, we're not uh, doing laundry? We're not going to swim anymore? What are we doing? That's just to get you to this point. The point that I'm talking to right now. To be mavater. To be mavater. And when your husband annoys you, and when your wife annoys you, and when it happens again and again, 
to let it go. To let it go. Or if you can't let it go because you feel, oh, this time I can't let it go. This time, at least give yourself an hour before you even think about it and deal with it. Because I'm telling you, you have your hats on. You're hungry, you're angry, you're tired, you're stressed. You're, 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 you're not normal. You're not normal. You're acting like crazy. You know, you know what I'm talking about. I know whenever I say this, people think about their spouse. Yeah, I know my husband. Yeah, he acts not normal. My wife, she just loses it completely. Yeah, she's just forget about it. She's just like not normal sometimes. Well, you know what? Believe you me, you're, you're the same way many times. <laughs> right? That's what it is. Hats. I talk about hungry, angry, tired, or stressed. And, and you have her hats on. So, oh, then I can't be Mavatar. First of all, you could be Mavatar. But right now you feel you can't. Give yourself time. Go out and relax. Take, give yourself a time out. Take deep breaths. You're stressed. You're stressed. You're going crazy. You ever hear of DBT? Actually incorporate these methods, which work like a charm. And that is what? Take deep breaths. Five inhale, five exhale. Use mantras. Say to yourself, I'm okay. HaKadosh Baruch Hu loves me. This is just a test. Hashem loves me. Hashem loves me. I'll be fine. I'll be fine. But keep your mouth closed and don't start the machlekes. Don't start the machlekes in your house. That's what completely destroyed the base of Mikdash. It all started. It all started and it ended. What? Kamsa and bar kamsa. It all started with sinas chinam. Sinas chinam means unjustified hate. We'll bring in some unjustified love into your house. Not just investing, but when your husband and your wife gets annoyed. And you know what's the hardest, by the way? You know what's the hardest? Let me tell you what the hardest is, because I see it all the time. The hardest is to let go when you feel attacked. That's the hardest. When I feel attacked, or, and, and when I feel that my husband's attacking me, for an absolutely no reason, he's just making a big issue, and I'm not going to get into the fight. I'm just going to let it go. I'm just saying, Moshe, I don't want to talk about it right now. Please, let's not talk about it. Or to say, Moshe, I know you don't mean it, but I feel like I'm being attacked. Let's not talk about it right now. And just to let it go then. Let it go then. Oh, wow, you're bringing bracha. Oh, wow, you're bringing bracha in your home. And, and, and of course, I'm not talking about situations where there's abuse in the house. And, let's not, and, and that word is so overrated. So overrated. So used. So many times. Trust me, many times it's not abuse. It's not abuse. Oh, it's not fights that people get into their house. It shouldn't happen. It should be let go. It's not abuse. There are levels of abuse. Of course, there are levels of abuse. Don't get me wrong. Maybe one day we'll have a class on what abuse really is. But, oh, we got into a big fight and he called me names, so that's abuse. You know what? It's unacceptable. It's definitely unacceptable. But don't climb onto the word of abuse and say, well, you know, I'm being abused and therefore I could just hit him back. I could just scream at him back and I could just whatever like. First of all, even if someone is being abused, you know, they should get help. That's what they should get. They should get immediate, immediate therapy, counseling, etc. But I will tell you, I will tell you like this, that big, 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 big part of Avas Chinam is when your husband annoys you or when your wife annoys you. Whether it was a pet peeve, it was an insult, it was a crest that you asked, it was, uh, it, it was an expectation, it's just not there for me, he's ignoring me, this, that, the, or he attacks me in front of the children. Moshe, can you come here a second? Yes, I know, you don't, I know you're very upset, but I, I'm really feeling uncomfortable with, in front of the children. If you don't mind, let's discuss this privately upstairs, okay? And, let's not, and if you don't mind, not now. If we could talk about it in, in an hour, I'd appreciate it. He's not ready for the fight. You know he's not ready for it. And you know, he, he can't be Mavata right now. Take a time out. Take a time out. Don't allow, and, and after the hour, if he does again, he's completely losing control. Moshe, I know you don't mean it, but I'm feeling attacked. If you could just tell me what the issue is, I would appreciate it. If you could just tell me what the issue is. Just tell me what the issue is. Now, I know while I'm saying it, ladies, it sounds like a very easy thing to do. It's a very hard thing to do. It's extremely, extremely hard. 
because you're also like feeling attacked and you want to you want to lash back. It's like I can't believe you're attacking me like that. But to do the right thing and to be be mevater when you can, be mevater when you can, just let it go and move on. I he's not being fair. Just be mevater and being avaskin. I'm gentlemen. I'm talking to you as well. I'm talking to you as well. A lot of your wives, you tell me they're flipping out on you. I'm telling you right now, let it go, let it pass, ladies. It's unacceptable. I, I'm sorry to say, flipping out is unacceptable. Losing control and screaming and just letting loose is unacceptable under all means. But that I can tell you. As far as your husband is concerned, I'm talking to your husband right now. Gentlemen, gentlemen, at least for the nine days, let it go be mavater. Walk outside, say, I, I, I really, Rivka, Rachel, I'm, I'm going to take a step outside right now if that's okay. Don't engage. Don't engage in the fight. Now, I want to shift over to something else right now. I want to shift over to something else. And that is, that is, Children, children, avas chinam. Also, I'm telling you today, today it pertains to our children. Now, obviously, Akalish Baruch wants our children to respect us. There's no question about it, and and we have to respect our parents. Kibbutz of Aim is, is a pivotal, pivotal, important chiyuv mitzvah. It is, it is, it is. But I want to tell you something. There's an inyan l'sitem lefneiva michshal. Don't put a, a a stumbling block in front of a blind person. And the Gemara says, that's talking, over there it talks about hitting, hitting your older child. Now, I'm very against hitting in the first place. Uh, okay, fine. You know, we might agree to disagree, okay, as far as hitting. I, I, I'm, I'm against the whole thing. But be that as it may, okay, be that as it may. Definitely with older children. Why? Because what you're doing is you're basically leading them into doing an Avera. Because chas v'shalom, if you hit your, 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 your big child, your older child, chas v'shalom, he could hit chas v'shalom, a terrible thing can happen. Uh, right, so that's child That's child in that in that pasuk. But you know what? Let me tell you something. Uh, amongst other michshalom that you could put in front of other people, but another very very important. Don't put a michshal in front of your children. Don't put a michshal. What I mean by that is, and this also involves avaschinam because you might feel it's not fair with your children, ladies and gentlemen. I'm talking to mothers and I'm talking to fathers. Please, please, please show them love. Show them validation. Show them that you care about them. Say positive things to them. I'm telling you, most of our interactions with our children are negative. And even though you're thinking, oh, I'm very nice to my kid. And I negative doesn't necessarily mean you're bad. Negative means is why aren't you on time? How come your room is a mess? How come you're not going to Minya? You just came back from Yeshiva camp. You're going to tell me that in Yeshiva camp also you didn't go to Minya? Whatever you're going to say, right? You're going to tell me that uh, you, just, you just came back, you know how much money I spent on camp for you, that you should go to camp, whatever it is, and here you come and, and, and look at the way you're dressed. How come you can wear that? Do you, you know anybody else on the block who dresses this way? These are all negative, negative remarks when we're like ordering and questioning and whatever it is. And I'm not saying these things are not important, but especially with your teenagers. Do you hear me? Especially with your teenagers. I'm hearing it so much, so much from so many parents now. Be very, very careful. Tough doesn't work anymore. Do you hear me? Now, of course you have to create boundaries. I'm not talking about boundaries. There's, there's, you know, there's, there's balance. There are boundaries. Then there's, then there's toughness. I'm, you know, toughness used to work in the olden days, maybe, with your parents. Oh, if my father would say that to me, I would right away listen to him. My mother doesn't work anymore. Of course, you can create boundaries. I'm not saying not to create boundaries. But you know what works? Validation, love, shlaimi. You, had a good, you played basketball today? Now, even though you're thinking, like, why did shlaimi play basketball? You should have gone. I told him to learn. 
there's no yeshiva. In yeshiva, he doesn't even learn. He plays basketball. Shlomi, you had a good game? You had a good game? And meanwhile, in your heart, feeling like, I can't believe he went to play basketball. I told him to come back a half an hour earlier. Why, why is he playing basketball instead, instead, of, instead of learning? At least he should learn an hour or two hours a day. Why isn't he learning? But to say to Shlomi, I hope you had a good thing. Did you win at least? Yeah, you won. Okay, good. You know what? Validate what he does. Accept him for who he is. And then, and then you can suggest, you know, and I would say learn together with him. Why don't we sit down and we learn a little bit? So important for husbands, for fathers to learn with their children. Such an opportunity to connect. But validate. Wow. Yankee, tell me something. Um, how was, how was uh, what did you do today? He says, yeah, I went and, and, and I went with my friends and we went, we had some pizza. And then, uh, what pizza store did you go to? You know, that's a, that's a hangout. You really shouldn't go there. You think your kid want, do you think your son wants to talk to you anymore when you do that? What pizza store did you go to? You know, it's a hangout. You shouldn't do that. You know, that kid is not a good friend of yours. Let your son talk. Let your daughter talk. Let her, let her connect to you. You're going to hear things that you're not going to like. I know that. You're going to hear things that you're not going to like. But you know what? Just let it go in the conversation. Let it go in your conversation. They'll feel accepted. They'll feel good. Now, I know I have, sometimes I have teenagers listening to this program also, and I would tell the teenagers, listen, I don't want you to think that your parents, you know, when they're tough with you, they're trying to control you. They're not. They love you. I'm telling you, they love you. They care about you. They just want the best for you. I'm telling you, all the teenagers are listening to me. I know it's very, very, very difficult when your parents put all these rules and regulations on you. I know that. I know that. But I'm telling you, it's coming from a good place. I'm telling you, even though you might not feel it, I'm telling you it's coming from a good place. And for the parents who are listening to me, why don't you show your children that it's coming from a good place? Why don't you tell them, I love you and I care about you. That's why I feel the best thing is A, B, C, D, E, F, G. That's why I feel, that's why I don't want you to have a smartphone. Why? Let's explain you. Now, the kid might get into it with you, back and forth, back and forth, and back and forth. But my friends have a smartphone, I don't understand what the problem is. You can either say to them, well, that's what I decided and it's just too bad. You could do that. And if the teenagers are listening to me right now, I would say to you, if that's what your parents are doing, they're not doing it because they hate you, they love you. But parents who are listening to me, Spend a little time explaining your child why. Now, they're going to argue with you, but at least say to them, listen, at the end, end of the day, you say to them, listen, we can agree to disagree. I understand you don't agree because I love you, because I care about you. This is how I feel. So that's how, that's, that's what we're going to do. That's it. That's basically, that's all we're saying. So at the end of the day, what we're saying over here is that Avas Chinam is something that works for everyone in the family. Everyone in the family. And you know what? Again, teenagers, you might feel like your parents. Oh, your parents are being so tough with you. It's so not fair. They're not letting you do anything. They want you to come home early. They want you, they don't want you to have a phone. They don't want you to go certain places. Teenagers who are listening to me. Children, and especially teenagers, because the teenagers, in a sense, we know, and parents, your children have a certain very strong sense of justice. It's not fair. It's not fair. Parents, your children are still children. Your teenagers are still children. Believe you me, they're developing. They're not adults. They're not adults. Bar mitzvah doesn't mean that the child's an adult. Bar mitzvah, they means it's time to do mitzvahs. You know, but a person's not chayv for, for all the terrible, uh, you know, averis. A person's not chayv, I believe, till karis, not till 2021, whatever it is. But the point of the matter is, they're not adults yet. They're not adults yet. They're still children. They're still developing. So they have a very strong sense of justice. Very strong sense of justice. Also, I wanted to say, interesting, you know, when you have sibling rivalry, you have two, your children are fighting, right? And, and some parents say, let them work it out on their own. Sometimes they can't work it out on their own. You could try to lead them to work it out on their own, but sometimes they're going to need someone to get involved. Otherwise, they're going to feel that 
they were, they were slighted. They were slighted by their brother or by their sister. Sometimes we do have to get involved in a fair way after we hear both sides, not just jumping to whatever it is. But Havas Chinam is true for everyone in the family. Havas Chinam, even though it's not fair. That does not mean that children don't have to respect parents. Of course, children must respect parents. But sometimes we do things even though it doesn't seem fair because my father didn't talk to me this way. But you know what? We'll do it anyways. And that's through Avas Chinam with our husband, Avas Chinam with our wife, Avas Chinam with everybody. What happens is this will bring Mashiach. This will rebuild the base of Mikdash. This brick by brick will bring back the base of Mikdash. And you will see that this Tisha B'Av Mamesh could turn from Avul to Simcha. Mamesh from Avul to Simcha. It's not about the clothing. It's not about the meat. Even though, of course, you can wash clothing and you can eat meat. But this is what's important. Thank you. This has been Rabbi Greenfield. Have an amazing, amazing week. All the best.